Bigger than cakes. Give me some outside. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to it, and then I watched it. Hello, welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach. This is our monthly roundup, and I'm joined by Angela, Will, and Matt. Howdy. Hello. So, how's everybody been? It's been a week, and I'm sure (laughs) some things have happened for all of us. Oh boy, my life has changed immeasurably in the last week. I have done nothing. Yay. Uh, my my <laughs> life's gotten immeasurably worse because Kentaro Miura died, and that's made me incredibly sad. But it is sad news. Um, I've also read a ton of One Piece again to cope with that. Because, um, <laughs> uh, like, I, I'm basically doing an eternal reread um, of Berserk at any point, anyway. <laughs> so, like, I'm. Um, I'm, I'm about to hit Wano for anyone who's following my One Piece progress. <laughs> do you do you recommend One Piece as a piece of sort of grief counselling fiction? Um, kinda. Yeah. Um, it's a good. I can escape. Imagine a grief counsellor just saying, "Have you have you tried One Piece?" <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a it's a it's a good escape. Um, from stuff. the reality of things. Um. And just, yeah, just good. Just, like, just makes me good. angry. Makes me angry that it's good because I spent so long not being able to get into it um, that I'm just like, well, I guess I wasted my life. Um, I'm just like, <laughs> I, I begrudge it being good. So replacing grief with anger, basically. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm rapidly going through the stages. <laughs> Becoming a Sith. Uh, like I'll I I'll hit like bargaining pretty soon. Um. Uh, how about you, Angela? Anything good? <laughs> there's no there's nothing good in this world at the moment. It's just you know the the, the you know 2021 was going to be better than 2020. Promises I, made. Yeah, I have yet to see the proof of this. To be quite honest. Um. Well, I, I've got a good feeling about 2028, so I'm, I'm holding out for that. Uh, I mean, I thought I led in somewhat negatively, but wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, ju- wow. I, I just didn't. I'm in the non-optimistic mindset because my faith in humanity is... I mean, it, it, I don't know if it exists. If if it if it's there, it's going to take a microscope to find it at the moment. So, wow, that's that's a, that's sad to hear. To provide some balance, I've been at the pub, and I've, played, <laughs> and I've been able to play golf, and that's been real nice. So, some some of my creature comforts are being given back to me. Did yeah. you manage to shoot the ball past the spinning windmill? Please, Matt. You know, you know my relationship with the windmill. It yeah. took my father yeah. from me, uh, so we, we don't joke about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Zach, how have you been, buddy? Yeah, give us lightness to this misery fest. I'm, uh, I'm pretty okay. I haven't really uh, 
haven't really done much. I've uh, been outside for food a few times. I'm big into that. I like food. Um, I read some comics. They're okay. Um, the big question, uh, have you read any more TMNT? Yes. Of course. I am... Um, uh, I've just started the IDW Collection Volume 9, so I've just read um, the Bebop and Rock City Destroy Everything volume, and then the first eight issues of Turtles Universe, and the Christmas special issue, which is like issue 60-something of the ongoing. And um, I remember the- that. That's good. It's a good. Nothing happens. Literally, nothing happens. They just have a Christmas party, and kind of everyone turns up who's not meant to, and it's just chaotic. But it's kind of adorable for it, and uh, it was a real feel-good bit of you know out of season Christmas stuff. So that was nice. And um, Turtles Universe is just uh, just real good, isn't it? It's just, just real good quality comics. Yeah, the stuff that. I, I am aware that to people not reading Turtles probably sounds super uninteresting, but the fact that I'm like, um, I can't even think what it is, what happens in those first eight issues, but there's just like little bits where it's like, there's a two page story about the little baby Triceratops just, and what she dreams about. And I'm like, it's good stuff. That's five star daydreaming. That is like pepperoni, pepperoni, yeah, the pet dinosaur. Um, I do really need to know if um, the little Velociraptor that ends up with Bebop and Rocksteady does come back around or if that is completely forgotten about, and I get the feeling it's completely forgotten about. We can only wait and see. Uh, you're fast approaching, I think, the Sophie Campbell takeover. Yeah, I'm getting real close. Um, we'll see. Let's be honest. I'm going to get there, inevitably. Time is my only enemy. And so far, everything I've, everything I've read that has been at least illustrated by Sophie Campbell has looked incredible. So I am uh, pretty much looking, yeah, I'm on board for her, for her Turtles run. Yes, definitely. And um, whilst the, there's this weird cuteness to everything that she draws, so like the, the rounder you make a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, the more adorable it is. Um, yeah, there's a scientific formula for that. There is. Um, we'll post that as a comment for the video. Um, but there's also like a um, there's, every now and again you get a glimpse of kind of the dark, violent stuff she does as well, which is real good too. Which is always my thing that I liked when she did Glory. That it's like there's literally a page in glory where the two sisters punch each other's arms so hard, like the fists meet so hard that their arms yeah. explode. And, it, and yeah, it's like, the, uh, it's like there's a fight scene in the film, Ricky. O, uh, the story of Ricky, um, where, um, Ricky and, um, just a regular guy in prison are fighting. And like, they, I don't know why I'm doing it. I don't have my webcam on, so you can't see. Uh, <laughs> We're imagining at each other, and um, the other guy's like arm starts to split as Ricky's fist goes through, (laughs) goes through the arm, and just punches clean through it. It's amazing. I say clean. It's very messy, but that movie rules. 
I don't think Turtles is ever that violent as uh, as Glory is, but um, Sophie Campbell, good art. That's good. That's, that's the takeaway here. I think. I like how uh, Glory herself looks like Sailor Moon's face, but on a thumb. Oh, it it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> right, man, I love Glory. Yeah, not the, not the not original recipe glory though, just the like you know. Is it Keating? Yeah, Joe Keating, Sophie Campbell, the the yeah. the, the good the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. Should we like do get on with the business then? Let's get on with the business. Oh wait, I mean, should we have a word from our erstwhile sponsor, Matt? Yep. Um. So, who uh who is our sponsor, Will? Oh, good swerve. That'd be Traveling Man, Matt. Oh, brilliant. I believe they have stores in Leeds, Newcastle, York, and Manchester. Uh, What can be found in those stores, Will? Well, you can find all sorts of things, my cheery traveller, such as comic books. Why? Like the comic books we might be discussing today? Very much like the comic books we may be discussing today. (laughs) Comic books? (laughs) It's a, it's an affectation. Run run with it. Hmm. Okay. Ah, oh, brilliant. And um, do they uh? And scene. Yeah. Breath. <laughs> and uh, they are also uh online at uh, travelingman.com. That's right. But all of your gaming needs, your comic needs, uh, your magic needs. Yep. Co- um, collectibles, all sorts. And I mean that the way that Alan Moore means magic. Uh, snake puppets snake puppets correct so with that nonsense out of the way uh, we should talk about at least one of the four books that we're here to discuss this week is our May roundup episode that means we're rounding up all of the comics from May I hope you've got about six hours (laughs) yeah so we're rounding them all up, and then we're ignoring most of them while we talk about four. Um, this week, we've actually gone, as as I often say, and it's rarely true, we've actually gone for four books from four different publishers. And yeah, I'm proud of done it. The yeah, Holy Grail. So first up, I'm going to hand us over to Will for our first of the four. Okay, so the the first of the four is Marjorie Figger, Temporal Criminal, uh, from AWA Studios. It's written by Garth Ennis. Uh, the art is by Goran Sudzuka. Letters by Rob Steen and colours by Miroslav Merva. Uh, it's about... Well, truly, the title tells all. It's about Marjorie Finnegan. She's a temporal criminal. She goes, hops through time, taking the treasures of the past... And is being chased by a one-eyed time cop called Harry. That's my synopsis. Jolly good. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> good, good talk. <laughs> Straight into the point. That's what we like. So, this is a book that me and Angela talked about um, a couple of weeks ago and basically agreed that on name and premise alone, yeah. it was an inevitability that it would end up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it has, because, you know, Will also, for, I'm guessing based on name and premise alone and Garth Ennis alone. Um, 
Absolutely. It ticks a lot of boxes. I am a pretty big Garth Ennis fan, I think. Um, I would number uh, definitely Preacher amongst my sort of all-time favourite reads. Yeah, I quite like some of his um, sort of lesser talked about works like Red about uh, a group of sort of mm. police turned vigilante, but uh, sort of set in a real world with actual consequences and whatnot, rather than Punisher style. Um, but I've got to say, this didn't land for me. It's... This feels like it could have come out at any point in Garth Ennis's career and he would have written it exactly the same. <laughs> yes. Which is yep. kind of a weird feeling. Yeah. I just the as you say, the sort of the, the temporal criminal element of it uh is sort of interesting to me straight off the bat. But actually, at least within this first issue, like very little happens in that regard. Um, mm. It it's, yeah. spends quite a lot of its time explaining who the characters are, and there aren't that many characters. There is Marjorie herself. Yeah. Uh, Harry is. Uh, well, spoilers. I, I mean, don't think we've ever shied away from spoilers no why start now Harry's a sister uh, Marjorie travels through time with the help of Tim who is a head uh, and at one point there's a, a, a Nazi gentleman called Otto um, I don't think we'll see much of Otto again I'm not sure no possibly it, not it, it didn't quite do enough with its premise and i think worst of all i have no problem with crude um i've got no problem with sort of toilet humor but it has to actually be funny and i think this book misses on that count it 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 just isn't funny it doesn't no right this is something i i desperately wanted to bring up so she actually the opening dialogue from Marjorie is essentially her talking about how she gets criticized for being sick, crude, childish, yeah, and un- unfair. I think, um, which I would be okay with any of those kinds of comedy if they were here. And it feels like opening with that dialogue from kind of out of nowhere of saying, like, people say my sense of humor is weird feels really defensive. Like, it's yeah. trying to say, like, if you don't find this book funny, you're the problem. And because this, because I'm Garth, and this is a funny book, man. I. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. It was like, yeah, I'm laying this out, and you don't find it funny. Tough. It is funny because I know funny, and this is why. Yeah. Now, what? Like, I yeah. I was not really. I I didn't particularly like this. There was one sequence I liked, um, in like in the book, which is the um. The, the Viking raid at the very start, like when it cuts to the start of the Viking raid and the little hut comes apart to reveal like an artillery piece, like a howitzer or something. Yeah. Um, and that I like that. I, I kind of enjoyed like this little sequence of like, it, it made me think of like the, the, the kind of role of the um, God, this is like history nerdy about like um german like it, it was it just made me think about like um 
German um, military officers being called in to like to help modernize various militaries for World War One and stuff like they helped like German military advisors went into like Japan and stuff and I was like and and I was like oh yeah German military and then I was like oh wait that's a Nazi <laughs> um, but still like it was a fun it was kind of a fun sequence like similar to um, it was a very time cop. Mm-hmm. Um, sequence like the the movie Time Cop, yeah. Um, where where Ron Silver like you know melts um, into Ron Silver, um, and it's great. I went to school um, with a guy called Max Walker. He was very popular. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I think in relation to that scene, like I think the reason some of those bits work, and to kind of give you my real positive upshot of this book, is I think the arts pretty good all the way through and i think it sells that comedy in that viking moment where one viking guy yeah the physical comedy is pretty good yeah when he crawls out the ocean and then he's sort of yeah and he's just limbs and a splash behind him i think is is really good and uh later when harry shoots that guy yeah and he's uh, just literally a, a net yeah, he's, yeah, he's literally full of holes, and uh, some of those bits. I, I, it was the kind of redeeming factor of this book is yeah. while while we never find out what, why does she do it, like what's the what's the driving narrative of this book? Is it just going to be cat and mouse between yeah. Marjorie and her sister? There are some hints of people watching Marjorie, but so little is given that it. I don't know, it's not really a hook. Um, Given that it's creepy. Yeah. It is super yeah, creepy. it's very and, and creepy. And a little ri- bit voyeuristic. Yeah. And it's and like, who is this for? That's sort of it, isn't it? I, I'm okay with that when it's a character trait of, of somebody who is that character, if that is necessary yeah. to the plot. If it's just a joke that they've kind of missed, that they've looked away from the camera when she dropped her towel, and that's all it's there for, then... Uh, boo <laughs> but then you get to the their like temporal keep their sort of tower floating in the time stream and it looks super cool like that's a, yeah yeah it it's a wicked design and an idea i don't know why geese have boxing gloves in the time stream no i really need to know i feel like it's a pun i can't figure out yeah i was trying yeah. to figure it out as well i sat there for ages going like okay so there are like swans and they've got boxing gloves like there must be something here the thing is i've I've, gas ennis at least to me has been funny and oh yeah absolutely yeah when he's at his best he's a really good storyteller and can play with kind of tension and expectation my existing fandom is enough to say i'll probably read the second issue of this but it has not been a success for me. Uh, I just think the art is really good and it's worthy of mention, including the colouring. Mm. Um, but yeah, story-wise... For me, like, me Garbenis is at his best when he's actually writing against type and he's, he's being humane. Like, when he's writing, like, the 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 emotional sequences in in Preacher or Hitman. Like, and it's about like it's 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 the 
weirdness of Garth Ennis telling you to be, you know, like, kind to people. Yeah. And, like, right after he's, I don't know, like, had someone fuck themselves to death. Um, <laughs> but that's it. When it's, like, when it's that sort of extreme, it becomes silly and becomes funny to me again. It's yeah. just this rides the line where it's not extreme enough to be funny it's sort of just extreme enough to be a bit gross yeah and one thing that okay one thing i thought was kind of a good idea but also somewhat lazy was the introduction of these at the one second the unfucker yeah the the k2001 realigner the unfucker which basically just says that you can kill your own grandfather and you know that's okay because time will just fix that. Well, this little portable hard drive will just fix that. Yeah, it'll figure out a way for them to die in a way that won't fuck things up. Yeah, Yeah. and we'll make sure someone else was your grandfather and that's cool. And whilst I think it's kind of a really neat way to go and I no longer have to worry about paradoxes or the problems with time travel stories, it kind of goes against stuff like, okay, so something like Chrononauts, was it? Mm-hmm. The yeah, yeah, I was going to bring up Chrononauts, actually. Um, which is basically the story of time travellers intentionally fucking up time. time. Yeah. And is kind of like, it feels like to, to intentionally be like, no, and they can't fuck up time because of this small black box is kind of like, yeah, but part of the fun is fucking up time. We know this. We... We're, we're, we're like, I don't know, we're, what, 100 years into time travel stories at this point? It's At least, yeah. But I guess that also bakes in its own set of jeopardy then. Like, the only thing stopping her from fucking up time is the unfucker. And if that is a tiny black box that could be easily broken, yeah. then I think it's, in that way, it's set up the premise that, hey, there are no worries here, there are no consequences. And then at a moment's notice, you could create, exactly that consequence to say well everything yeah. you do from this yes. point forward yeah I'd, I'd i'd go with that if at any point it seemed like that was in jeopardy but then we sort of do we sort of leave that all behind in favor of we're gonna run out of our little tower and bump into my sister so it doesn't it feels like there's a lot of ideas that aren't just quite developed to the point where i can buy it because i like time travel stories where things get messed up for whatever reason and i like the idea that yeah what happens if that does break and maybe it'll come down the line but it just felt like it was put in there as a neat way of saying yeah but i don't have to worry about all that complicated time travel stuff yet don't, you know I'm, I'm not interested in that just yet it, and it's like with the characters it's like we get a lot of character but we don't get a lot of character i've spent a lot of time with marjorie and i don't know much about her aside from she's pretty annoying at points <laughs> but yeah i think in there lies the problem is that, that what's the plot yeah it says at the end to be continued but then like to what we don't know what, why any of it's happening <laughs> or what it's going towards. And I think in there lies it's the book's major problem. And it's one of those cliches now, but maybe in trade it won't matter. It'll be that continuous story. But as a single issue, as it's been chosen to be released as a single issue, there's just there's no hook on this. No. So great art. And I will, against my better judgment, give it another chance. 
Um, but yeah, just I, I missed the mark. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to yeah. agree with Will on this one. I think it's entirely a premise we should be into, but the other execution, than no. yeah, the actual um, execution of that premise is kind of somewhat non-existent. Yeah, <laughs> like, but like you said, like I definitely think that, like we were saying, the physical humor of the like with the art is it strong is its strongest point, and that the art, some of the art in particular in this, is worth praise. Mm-hmm. Mm. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Like, so it's, and I just think it's worth sort of saying that again before, like, um, yeah, yeah. It, there are definite qualities to the book, and, and the art is it is a I, part of that. I do have one question, and it's a question that might only matter to me, but I have to ask it because of who I am. The issue is named after Starman, the Bowie song. It's called like the Children Boogie. Yeah. Yeah. But why though? Because she's got a poster, and she sings the. She's a Bowie fan. Bowie fan. I don't know why I pronounce that weird, but hey, we we all we all are. But I just don't think that I I ultimately wanted it to have some some connection other than can can we all do it? Can we all sing Starman, and that's what we get to call our storyline, our (laughs) issue? But again, that's it, isn't it? That there might be, but there's just no indication in this about what all of the pieces mean they're just i think it'll be worth seeing what they call the other issues like whether they all follow that same um that same formula of like after a song (laughs) and also but to also go for the bowie thing if you're writing a time travel story and you need a bowie lyric that's good that relates Time Takes a Cigarette is definitely what you call the first issue of <laughs> yeah. your time travel thing. We do a whole rock and roll suicide-based storyline. I'm not saying that I can write a better time travel comic with Bowie titles. You don't like you don't like Falls wanking to the floor. <laughs> I think I think the problem is that's an issue like three or four. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mail that idea to yourself. <laughs> As I do with every idea. Yeah. Am I, am I allowed now. to mail Bowie lyrics to? Can we yeah. mail Bowie lyrics to ourselves and take credit for them? Is that is that like a legal loophole? Okay. Yeah, I mean, if we pay him royalties, I mean, I don't know how much each word is worth, but I'm sure we can come to some sort of agreement. Get me the Bowie estate on the phone. Let's find out. Yeah. <laughs> um. On that. <laughs> On that note, on that bombshell. <laughs> right. Shall, shall we move on, as they shall. say in I c- podcasts? <laughs> I can't think of a like. Speaking of David Bowie, <laughs> there are speaking no. Speaking I... of dying wanking on the floor. <laughs> I, <laughs> these, these are things that have no relation to the next book on this list here of discussion. Um. Spoilers, it's a book I enjoyed more than the last one. So there you are, as a concept. Um, there is no David Bowie in it. Um, spoilers. Tragically. Tragically. Um, I feel like he will have done a song about a crab in a mangrove at one point, but, you know, history says not. So um, so it is Eve, um, and it is published by Boom. Um, it is written by Victor Lavelle. And it is illustrated by someone whose name I am about to mangle horribly. My apologies. 
Joe Myung, I think I'm going to go with that. That it was, sounds good to me. It was yeah. covered by Brittany Peer, and it was lettered by, and shout out to the fact that we have seen another book recently by And World Design. They're, they they seem to be lettering quite a lot of things recently. I'm just pointing that out. I keep track. Um, anyway, <laughs> Angela's obsession with lettering aside. Um, <laughs> so uh, there are only three characters in this at the Eve. There's a dad, and there is a android teddy bear called Wexler, who is yeah. the best. And hereby the best character. The best character. Um, so Eve opens with Eve in the mangroves with some crabs. Um, she's 11 years old. She likes talking to herself. Um, I can relate. I spent most of my childhood talking to myself. The worrying bit was when I talked back. Um, so... <laughs> Eve talks to herself with the mangroves. Um, she lives there with her dad, and it's it's quite you know nice. And then suddenly her dad's like, "It's time," um, and she wakes up in a dystopian future that has been destroyed by climate change. Um, and she, her only friend slash guardian slash parent substitute is Wexler, who is an android teddy bear built by her dad um, and who was given to her by her mum. And, uh, yeah, she's got to basically become the Johnny Appleseed of the future and uh, help us all um, away from, you know, climate change and things. But we end with her looking over Manhattan and it's, well, it's very wet. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Climate change has not been nice. So... I really, really enjoyed it. Good book. Um, nice art. Good lettering. Um, it was just really nice. It was Eve's a great little protagonist. Wexler is just the best because he's a yeah. teddy bear and he's snarky and he's an android. And well, no, the best part is that he isn't a teddy bear. That's you actually it. see all of the panels where, like, there's a great panel where, um, sh- where Eve is being carried. Yes, mm-hmm. and he's. The legs and, are really long. And we and, see yeah. what we see what he actually looks like, um, which she can't see, and we see the height that he's actually walking at. What I especially like is he then sort of she's like, oh, you know, and he's like, one day you'll, you'll be strong enough to carry me. me. And she's like, like really? He's like, no, I'm, I'm 320 pounds. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> he's yeah. so snarky. He's I, great. I can't help but feel in that. So we see kind of a shadow. And just before we see like his big robot legs, we see a panel where yeah. the shadow of what he actually looks like is behind yeah. the bear form. I can't but feel like somewhere in a couple of issues time, we're going to get the full reveal of Wexler as this kind of, you know, badass Android defending Eve. And yeah. it's going to be a hell of a reveal. Yeah. I can see that happening. Cause it's hinted at here. Um, but yeah. yeah. Eve's, so Eve's a really nice little character as well. Yes, because like I say, she's she's eleven, she, and she's she, been raised in virtual reality as well, has. Though, which is always fun. Much like Impulse, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Eve is is like smart and personable as well. Like she's yes. a very immediately likable character. Um, yeah. Like Wexler steals the show. Don't get me wrong. His like yeah. deadpan Robo wit. I think it's a really, really well-paced book. As you say, like it, it reveals the story 
really well. And I didn't, I mean, it, it takes what, six pages before it tells you kind of what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe about that. But within that, I didn't kind of see it coming, you know, like I, I knew it was going to be yeah. an environmental yeah. book and I knew that their little world wasn't going to be everything it seemed, but the idea that it, it in fact was all virtual reality and is the, the, is the, the blueprint for which they're going to kind of reseed the earth. Mm. I think it was a real good twist. Um, yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just the, the way it gives you information in this book, I think is really well paced and it never felt overloaded, but tells you, tells you quite a lot about what's going on. And again, on unla- sort of unlike the last book by the last page, you know, kind of broadly what the plot is, you know, and why the stakes are. Mm. Yeah, that's it. What the stakes are, I think is really important. Like, did anyone else like so on the um there's one page in this which is particularly fantastic. It's the sequence where Eve is about to um to exit her pod, like her virtual reality uh like stasis pod. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um and she and her dad are walking into like what looks like like a cold storage locker, and you just and you just don't know quite what's going on, and she's absolutely terrified. The first time I read it, I was like, "Oh, she's going into storage. He's literally put. He's putting her somewhere safe." Mm. Um, to you know, when in fact it's the exact opposite. It's her finally coming out of it, and it's a brilliant little twist, like of yeah. that, like um, of of that idea. Like and and her dad just just tr- just being there to kind of help her, but knowing that he like that he can't get her out for her. It's yeah, it's great. I like genuinely sent like a shiver down my spine when she's just like opening the opening it, and the final sort of like panel is just black and just white lettering saying, "Am I dead?" Yeah, it's great. Yes, I I agree with Matt on all of these points. Um, yes, one tiny thing that like isn't a problem. No, it's not a problem or anything. But it it just blew me when I first saw it. I, I the first time I saw the cover, I immediately went, "Oh, a new issue of Saga." <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. It was literally just because of the of, of the logo. And and the 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 colours. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see that. I actually, while we go on to the logo, that that leads me into something I was going to talk about, which is, so I think it's, it's Scott Newman. Scott Newman was the designer for this, and it's a good logo, but it's not <laughs> a logo that I I'm going to go with. There is a kind of um, tree logo throughout. Yes, I um, love that. The fact yes. that you see it all the time. Yeah. And it, this is this says a lot about me, but it made, immediately made me think of Lost and the Dharma Initiative kind of logos yeah, where it was always a symbol with the. Um, I've I just never that watched was... Lost, so I'll just nod. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you've not got your webcam on, so we can't see that either. It's so also a podcast, so. We'll just assume. assume that's why I've got to nodding. tell people. Nod. Um, nod. 
No, it's but a, yeah, no, it's... Uh, as far as design work goes, I think both the logo and then the yeah the tree insignia symbol. Yeah, mark. Yeah. I don't know what logo is. Pretty sweet. I. It's very good. Yeah. I may have missed my chance because it was on a, a the previous sort of subject. But do you think there's a reason that the cold storage locker as a number six? Is the sixth locker? I, yeah, I did yes. think that. Yes, I did. That think might have some repercussion. Yeah, yeah. Or are there going to be five? Or is Eve the sixth attempt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is it a direct reference to that totally sweet band, Eve Six? <laughs> <laughs> well, Eve itself was an X Files reference. Yes. Could be a reference yeah. to the sixth, the sixth day. There is yep. that, the Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger film, not the yeah. uh, not the biblical reference. Duh. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> did you did you also notice that like on her suit, she has like different coloured lights, different coloured lights, yeah, yeah that seem to change. Yeah. And at some point, they just turn off, and then they're kind of not mentioned again. But I've got a feeling they're going to be important. Well, we know that she le- loses the suit, like she she le- gets out of the suit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because um, she's in the T-shirt, which I love the logo on the T-shirt. Yeah, the dead fish. The dead fish. <laughs> the fish skeleton. I did wonder if the little LEDs were just, like, related to, like, monitoring her status in the um, storage tube thing, and if they just, like, yeah, powered down as she... Maybe it's more throwaway. Yeah. Than I, uh... <laughs> Don't be <laughs> wrong. It, it, it's yeah. a nice detail that I think a lot of people wouldn't have bothered with, so I... I got a lot of time for it. I'm all about those yeah. details. No one cares about. Can I? Can I go with another nice detail, which is the barcode on the back yeah, on the back of his head. Yeah, I don't uh, know why, but that pleases me. Also, the little the fact that the little poor beans like light up <laughs> at yeah. various points. Like, oh, oh, I love him. <laughs> Yeah, he's a lovable little android bear. And, and, and the, like I said, I just I love the fact that it's set up already and done perfectly sort of well within the the world. Like that things don't like certain things won't look like they appear to won't actually be sorry what they appear to us. Like Wexler doesn't actually look like um, the bear. Like I- that's just a, a, an illusion. I have to say the fact that we see his giant android legs, but then when he has to climb a ladder, he does it as a teddy bear is yeah. perhaps one well, of my favourite things in this. But the thing to remember yeah. is that he's like it again, that's just how it looks to us. He's actually climbing it with his android legs. He's not hidden from what I can tell, he's not hidden inside the bear. The bear is just an illusion. See, I didn't read because when when he is when he's got the giant legs, it does look like they've come out of the bottom of the bear. Yeah, but and I'm probably wrong. I'm probably just reading this wrong, and I love it even more if he's actually just climbing as a bear and taking long, like being really pointlessly (laughs) sort of committed to the bit, um, like. He's a comedian after my own heart, if that's the case. <laughs> I, oh God, I hope that's the case. Um, it's open. I've, I've got to say, I think the whole the whole structuring of this, the reveal that Eve's been in stasis, the you know 
world is underwater, the reveal of Manhattan at the end. I think the pacing is really nicely done and every reveal does feel kind of naturally done and just just real good stuff, I think. It is. Yeah. Good good talk. Yes. Yeah. Good book. Yeah. Very good. I think it yeah, uh, excellent book. Yeah. I also like the fact that we kind of see the vault, which we're then told, uh, we see the vault at the start, which we're then told is her destination. I think it gives us a good, like an exposition that isn't at any point feeling that way. It all feels yeah. like you're yeah. lining everything up, but without just like telling us. This, we're not getting the exposition dump. We're getting the... No, it feels like yeah. you're given a quest. Like you've yeah. just got your destination and the story is going to be in the process of getting there one would assume yeah. yes yeah. i do i do also feel like the first like i don't know 10 pages or so feel like the start of a video game in the kind of yeah yeah they feel like the start of like fallout 3 or something yes yeah that's a good yeah good chat yeah. with fallout yeah um and i'm all for it i think it it, it works in that kind of form and then yeah even even to the extent of like finding wexler feels the same as finding the dog or the creepy um creepy house robot thing that's just floating around in the street after it <laughs> um everyone went with the dog in fallout you should have gone with the creepy <laughs> household robot i think we all know that really <laughs> deep down so um yeah i i i think we all liked that so um Onto a Beckstar. Speaking of creepy robots in the street, um, nice. <laughs> so Beckstar, Beckstar is from Mad Cave Comics. Uh, it is written by Joe Corallo. It is artist. Did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, artisted. Yes. <laughs> it is artisted by Lorenzo Colangelli. Lorenzo Colangelli. If if I've done that wrong. Sorry. Uh, cover artist is Sweeney Boo. Uh, letterist, letterer, letterist. Screw it. Yeah, letterist is Jomet Gill. Any any takers on if that's correct? No I idea. would go with yeah that yes. Yeah. Jomet Gill, uh, edited by Chris Fernandez. Book designed by Miguel Angel Zapata. In a nutshell, Beckstar is the story of not Beckstar, at least to yeah. begin with. It's the story of Paprika, who, as her friend Turlover Millions facilities under siege, is gifted a clairvoyance rod, which allows her to see the future a little bit, but also makes you insanely paranoid, it seems. And he's basically tasked with finding Beckstar and keeping the clairvoyance rod away from Lord Mordecai, possibly my favourite villain name that he's just like. Lord Mordecai, it's incredibly satisfying to say. It is, isn't it? It's like oh, yeah. peak yeah. villain name. So, tasked with finding Beckstar, who is currently um, drinking and gambling in a casino which is gloriously on a kind of casino space station shaped like a giant roulette wheel. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, Mordecai's kind of got the jump on the sitch and he's already after Beckstar because he thinks pa- Paprika's already 
touched base with her and we'll have already done stuff. And um, along the way, we learn that Beckstar has a, I don't know, second in command on her journey across the stars, who is Sally Sulin, who is the responsible one in the whole affair. Um, and basically, the former crew that consisted of Beckstar, Turlow, Lord Mordecai, and Anissa, on a job, kind of, I don't know, treasure hunting, all came into yep. possession of mystical artifacts. Beckstar has a dagger that is lucky, or a luck dagger, if you will. Um, Turlow obviously had his uh, clairvoyance rod. Mordecai's got himself a consumption amulet. <laughs> and um, Anissa's got herself the creation gauntlet, which just now have I realised the four symbols underneath the E on the Beckstar logo, that's what they represent. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm realizing that with you also. Yeah, also uh, also here. Yeah. But yeah, I see. Cool. Good <laughs> shout. Um, I so that- I just want to go back to the um, space station for a second. It reminded me of because uh, it's a very similar design um, in uh, in Cowboy Bebop um, for a for a casino like for a casino that's like that, and I always love stupidly over-designed space stations like that on a theme yeah. and yeah i just wanted to praise that just quickly that that is fine with yeah. me it's well worthy it, of praise yeah it's it's something i'm far too into and as soon as i saw it, it's like that's that's really dumb and i'm really i'm here for that um love a good space station just mm-hmm. put that out there on the yeah. table more for space stations yeah i think um this book seems to ride a bit of a line between sci-fi and it feels like maybe an epic fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it, it kind of folds the two together quite quite, quite neatly, seamlessly. Really. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's too hung up on either side of it. I mean, it's it's a pretty tropey book, I think, but they oh, yeah. are they're tropes I'm, I'm sort of into. And one thing that stood out to me was I really really like the art design in this yes. book the sort yeah. of scott pilgrim ish hyper um hyper realism is even what i mean the sort of exaggeration of features mm. so it, it's not completely sort of cartoonized but it is beyond it, re- realism yeah it's close enough that it, when it needs to be more cartoony it can be yeah very slightly yeah. anime in in sections or uh, manga more appropriately yeah um, in a couple it, of moments it reminded me a little bit of um of crowded okay yeah like not over, yeah. like ju- just 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 enough like um in some of the sort of character designs and stuff like that i was really into that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i can see that um matt you've mentioned cowboy bebop and i do have to touch on as well there's at least two star wars references that i immediately spotted one is that mordecai when we first see him is sat on like a shadowy black throne yes. with like a big yeah. circular window behind him whilst talking to a hologram which is the most darth sidious <laughs> kind of yeah. stick um uh, we also get the after paprika's got away and turlo's waiting for the android oscar oscar oh the cut through the yeah. door and the, the like melting the door with the lasers with the like yeah. heated up sword i missed that it was with a heated up sword 
pure Qui-Gon Jinn and oh yes. Yeah. Yes it is. Pure Qui-Gon. Delicious yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn references. A sentence yeah. never before spoken. But needed I... to be. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's time. Let's did anyone yeah. did anyone else love the little police robots? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With their like um Cylon single beam eye. Yeah. And then yeah. the, a little sound um, like, like the uh, soundbar, like waveform reader waveform, for a mouth. Go. Yeah, it's uh, and, and uh, the, little, the little hat at the top of the head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it reminds me sometimes in some of the 2000 AD stuff when they're not yes. set in Mega City. They often have this kind of twee British future, which is like it uh, market town, but yeah, but with uh, yeah. but with sort of very twee British robots and uh, and police officers and things. Um, but, you know, back, back to this book. Uh, <laughs> I, um, like I say, I think the, the plot itself was not sort of surprising. It didn't, no, it's fairly, uh, it didn't, not to be cruel, but it's fairly paint by numbers in that regard. Like it's, but it's, it, it's to get it started. Yeah. And I think all of the characters have a sort of, none of them are, are um, po-faced sort of stoic heroes. No. Uh, Paprika kind of might be, might be the most sort of She's the closest straight, to it. straight character. Mm. But I, I like the fact that uh, Beckstar and Sally Sulin, great name, are just sort of, I'm not even sure what the word is. I've got the word jokers in my head, but that... I can I think I can only get away with that if I'm 13 or, or below. Um, but they just have a sense of humour about them. There's, there's, yeah. Uh... yeah, I think that's fair. Um... Sal- Sally is probably my favourite character. Yeah, yeah. In it. she's, I really she's so like put Sally. upon. She's like, I... you know, here I am, the sensible friend, and look what you're dragging me into again. Yeah, there's I... a great line like where it's. Um... What are you even doing with your life? Hell, what are you doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think it's quite a good variety of characters we get. Yeah. Which is nice. It's nice to get kind of an initial team that's kind of varied in an immediately recognisable sense. Yeah, and the, the personalities yeah. as well. I really need more of, like... I need more knowledge of Mordecai. Is he just sitting in the shadows, like waiting? Is that his whole shtick? Just like consuming all the time. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> nothing else. Consuming. Just God. When I first read, he has the amulet. Of, he has like the amulet of consumption. My brain went back to like, um, like to 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 like Wild West times. So I was like, oh god, he's got tuberculosis. Yeah, that, I'm glad that wasn't just <laughs> yeah. me. I was no, like, I he's got like that. the <laughs> yeah, just. Huh, okay. He's gonna go up power through an amulet. They're gonna send him to the mountains to get to to go and live in the fresh air for a while to get better. Yeah. My thought was more of like a a Goku thing, like no matter how many rice bowls he gets given. (laughs) Still needs more. (laughs) Just consumes constantly. But it kind of sounds like that might be the problem. (laughs) He did mention at one point that he just consumes energy. Yeah. Yeah. When they talk about the, the, the four items. So the 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 Creation Gauntlet creates pretty mm-hmm. vague. Um, the clairvoyance rod shows you the future, but also makes you extremely paranoid, like on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I feel like there's drawbacks with all of these because when we're going through that flashback, it doesn't specifically sort of state the drawbacks of all of them. It's no. just like Bexdale's like, yeah, you know, I've got my lovely luck dagger that grants me all the luck in the universe, but as we've already seen, not it doesn't at certain, always work. Doesn't and doesn't at gambling. The clairvoyance <laughs> rod makes you paranoid as all get out. So, presumably, there are side effects to the consumption amulet and the creation gauntlet as well, which, you know, maybe Mordecai can't move because he has consumed too much. He has to stay where he is for now. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Could, could I, th- be. I think that's the primary mystery which is interesting to me, though, is that these four items are clearly not common in this world. You know, there aren't tons of these things going around. So kind of what are they and why have they got them and yeah it's these yeah. They're like ancient relics someone was after them um but that's it they don't tell you where they got them really who was yeah. who paid them to get them any yeah, of I mean, it it's just you know we did a job yeah, we got it, these four things and they're cool <laughs> yeah and i appreciate that there are potentially therefore multiple antagonists yeah. um who are going yeah. to be going there's the people who were after them in the first place there's Mordecai who is now like after after them to kind of like after specific ones yeah. to kind of help help him and yeah like it's there's there's yeah there's going to be like multiple sides kind of going after it it's not just one bad guy it's yeah it's like I say like it's a fairly standard sort of setup in this first issue but it's well it's it's pretty well done for what it for, for what that sort of setup is the mm. characters um have like have a good feel to them um like like you're saying and like yeah i if 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 it gets through all of this setup fair uh, like fairly quickly like it does then that just means it can get to the kind of more like it, it, its own stuff more yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I want to just give a shout out to the colouring as well because yes. we, uh, yeah. we don't do that often enough. But the, the it's a huge part of why the art looks so so good to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. Colouring is fantastic. But I just I I'm just a sucker for like lots of different colours of hair, and there's some good <laughs> hair colours yeah. in here. I, I'm sure I've said this probably before, but like there are certain artists who just have face swaps and you can only tell characters apart by their hairstyle and despite the fact they all do have like very different and very <laughs> rad hair they could yeah. all be bald and i'd still tell them apart like they they are yeah. distinct yeah characters in their own right both personality and like visually mm. yeah, yeah that's they're, all, true. they're all very different and yeah like you say you can pick them out of a crowd quite literally i think that's my, maybe what gives me confidence in this book as we were saying, sort of overcoming its its slightly tropey nature is that so much of the world feels fully formed. Like I believe that the answers are already kind of written and and we will yeah. get them rather than yeah. it doesn't feel like they're writing it on the seat of their pants, making stuff up as they go along and hoping it all <laughs> falls into place. It feels it feels fleshed out um, and it gives me a bit of confidence that to keep reading this would be would be nice. Yeah, that's it'd be rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it leaves you hungry for more. Ever hungry. So you can consume more of it later. 
Yeah, I hope that the answer is that he wants the creation glove just to make for just subways. <laughs> just balance. En- it's giving balance. Yeah. <laughs> Create, the complete opposite you. of Thanos. Just Thanos wanted to rid of half the people. He just wants to keep creating stuff infinitely. Yeah. And yeah. um, yeah. I also, speaking of infinitely, I have to have I have to admit I have a tremendous amount of respect for anyone who's like, screw it, we can have a gauntlet. We can it's we, fine. Yeah. yeah. No, well, no one, Marvel don't own the word gauntlet. Yeah. We're Come just gonna us. have our own gauntlet. Yeah, look, Aaron's got a glove as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I, I like this a lot. This was cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very good. It might be the first thing I've read from um, Mad Cave. I think it was my first as well. But, yeah. yeah, me too. Good, me too. good. Yeah, it if this me... is the sort of stuff that's coming out from there, that's quite promising. Yeah, definitely. The, I got to admit as well, there's just something about going. What have you got? Just got a dagger that makes me lucky. Yeah. <laughs> on some level it just really appeals to me oh, i got i got yeah. this i got this sick dagger oh well i got this six i got a glove yeah. <laughs> i got glove. one yeah. glove like michael jackson <laughs> but i think i mean you were saying this uh before we were recording zach so i'm not going to steal your thunder but i think it provides you a huge amount of information without yes without being a glut like I say, it was your point, yeah. really. So I'm not. Gonna, yeah, uh, true. And I've completely forgotten that was my point. But yeah, that it it does give you quite a lot of exposition, but in kind of a like. By the way, why I'm already talking to you? Just let me mention that this is some of the plot. Um, but I think it's scripting. Yeah, and it all comes across all comes across quite naturally. I think there's quite a lot of dialogue, but it's quite nicely spaced. Yeah, it never feels like they're just giving you an exposition dump because sometimes bits of dialogue can feel like this dialogue is only here so we can tell the reader this, that and the other. Mm-hmm. Here it's just like, yeah, here are two characters having a conversation and imparting useful information. Yes. In- I mean, looking, looking over the pages, like it is quite dialogue heavy. Like Most pages have quite a few text yeah. boxes on them but i think it does that dual thing of telling one story in the art and something else in the text so it's never boring i think yeah where i would criticize it is if it was basically saying what's happening you know as like the old 60s comments would say yeah. and then he jumped through the window so like, well you've just shown me that i can <laughs> yeah. To, yeah don't tell me that happened but i think you know they're walking through town or they're uh, getting kicked out of casinos or escaping goons but at the same time, their conversation is telling you about something else. Is sort of giving you more yeah. about the world rather than just saying, I'm shooting this goon now. Yeah. <laughs> I got him. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> one thing, maybe one last thing before we inevitably move on. Um, we often complain about, well, Will often complains about backgrounds not having enough stuff. <laughs> and I, I think... Yeah. There is an absurd amount of stuff in some of the backgrounds in this. Like in the bar, there's um, all the stickers from the the beer pumps on the wall behind the guy and like really odd little details that I think people would overlook. And Yeah, yeah. it it earns the moments where it has nothing in the background. You think, well, yeah, fair enough. You deserve a rest because... (laughs) You designed beer stickers for the wall. There's one page where it's sort of three long vertical panels of them walking through 
the city and walking through different people. Yeah. And there is so many faces and they are all different and they're so detailed that it's, yeah, like if you want to draw somebody on a on a blank background, do it. Go for it. You've earned it. Yeah, because you drew yeah. 20 people in that one panel, so yeah. okay. So yeah. good, good work. <laughs> I would, can I just say, nice lettering. That is all. <laughs> I have to get one in every episode. I have to get one, yeah. It's always worth, like, when it's when it, when it it's really good, it's worth saying. Yeah, it yeah. is. Letterers, letterers don't get uh, enough They don't, credit. no. I'm championing the letterers of this world. And, it's yeah. your, cam- It's your like, uh, campaign. It is my <laughs> campaign. T-shirt's coming soon. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of letterers. Yeah. Is there, is there one in the next book? Yes. Or did book they just happened. appear by magic? This book happens to have them, and what is this book, you say? Why? It's Jenny Zero from Dark Horse. Uh, it's written by uh, Dave Dwanch and uh, Brockton McKinney. Uh, it's illustrated, and uh, the cover's by uh, Magenta King, uh, with colours by Megan Huang, and uh, letters, once again, by Dave Dwanch. Um, mm. So, it is the story of uh, Jenny Tetsuo, um, who is the titular Jenny Zero, um, who is a retired, um, like, well, di- dishonorably discharged um, <laughs> member of, like, a defense force, like the Action Science Police, um, who defend Japan um, from giant monsters. Um, and, yes, she was, uh, she left the service, um, and is kind of living as a bit of a burnout. Um, like she's incredibly famous um, for like her role, like her her previous role in the in the service defending uh, defending them. But she's obviously dealing with a lot of trauma, and um, is turning to like alcohol and drugs and sort of to kind of and to, to deal with all of that. Um, and then uh, one day, uh, her uncle, uh, who is a, uh, who's a general working with uh, the, uh, the Action Science Police, um, comes and tells her, well, monsters are coming uh, back and they're getting worse. So I guess, um, well, welcome back. Um, and yeah, we, we go from there. She's reintroduced to her bioweapon gun arm thing called Nemo, who I love. Um, I think Nemo has one line of dialogue in this book, and it's just the word goo. Yep. Um, and therefore, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll die for Nemo. Move over, um, We've got a new monosyllabic sidekick. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's just kind of like Jenny and um, like her friend Dana dealing with kind of like the ashes of her sort of former um, career, trying to build something new, and then yeah, like uh, Jenny being brought back into the service and um, and fighting fighting one particular monster. Um, so like one thing I actually do like like in the way that the monster is that they kind of explicitly talk like about these giant monsters 
being large enough to have parasites um, that like cling to cling to them, like Remori, and like fly ahead and attack. So it's like, oh yeah, like turns out things are really bad before the monster even gets there. That was a cool idea. Yeah, mm. I know it's been done in other places i i can't remember specifics but like it's a thing that i always appreciate where it's like where the life like where the life cycle ca- like the in, like the ecosystem it, it factors into like the existence of these things and what that would kind of like what that could entail mm. um yeah it's it's that's just one tiny little thing i wanted to get out whilst it was fresh in my head and looking at my notes i'm going to get this out of the way right at the top before i say some real nice things about this book because i liked it quite a bit but dave dwanch and brockton mckinney just sound like made-up names <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna get that out of the way i mean first and foremost. yeah and then we'll get on with uh with this book um i enjoyed this quite a lot uh, we have recently seen quite a rise in the kaiju and yeah. kaiju-related comics media. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be the kind of flavour of the month. But I think this rides a line where it is unique enough. Uh, makes me think of Alan Partridge. There are no gradations of uniqueness. One is either unique or not unique. Um, but it is... Um, it, it offers enough different to some of the others that um yeah i find it i find it quite intriguing i think the art again is very cool a very different style somewhat mangerish yeah there's a few panels that like remo- like make me think of like um king city and like brandon graham mm. um like there's one um it's like a one and a half page spread um where Jenny's like looking down from the top of like a building um, over the city, and like the angles and stuff, and like the, the the lines are very, very sort of like Brandon Graham, like multiple rockets, mm. uh, multiple warheads. Sorry, uh, I, I got love and rockets and multiple warheads mixed up in my head then. Um, and yeah, that was a like, oh yes, I love this um, panel me um yeah it's so that I, I totally get what you mean about like the kind of like the 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 kind of like manga fusion kind mm. of art yeah I, the the brandon graham uh reference i'm completely with you there because it reminded me particularly um nemo reminded me quite a lot of uh profit yeah, and yeah. the this sort of s- biotechnology all-purpose sludge that they sort of <laughs> that some of the Johns carry around in that. Um, so yeah, big vibes there. I have to ask, what happens to Nemo at the end of this? See that? I, that's, that's what I'm worried question. about. Like, because that's unclear in those last couple of pages. Yeah. Okay. I think that's, Nemo's in the horn. I'm going to lay out there. I'm. I'm like. Obvi- well, obviously Nemo is fused because because nothing bad can happen to Nemo. Nope, he's in there. No, he's there somehow, somewhere, some part. I think this book again, as we've sort of commented on it on in every other book, um, 
I think doesn't give you a huge amount of exposition. Um, you get bits and bobs. It's clearly a world who, in part, are used to these sort of attacks and, at least for, for a period of time, have, have managed to deal with them. But I think it also leaves enough mystery in this book to to, to be interesting, to have that kind of uh, want to come back and read more hook right at the end. She comments on, like, her father obviously seems to be an important figure who is dead, but maybe has set up the, uh, what were they called again? The Action, uh, the science, action science Police. It, yeah, yeah. Mega, and Mega Commander Zero. Yeah. Great name. Oh, it's all yes. great stuff. Um, and the fact that he may have had powers is, is sort of briefly it, touched it's upon. It's implied, yep. Why she was discharged, why she left, how she's ended up in LA. Sort of, there's a lot of questions that are very, very lightly touched upon. Yeah. But it's done in such a way that I feel they create intrigue rather than just annoyance at uh, a lack of answers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're interesting yeah. questions to me. I like as well that we sort of see her, you know, I mean, it's very obvious, isn't it? Booze and pills equals trauma because it yeah. does. Short, good um, shorthand. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah, trauma, bad things. But what I also like is that Dana, her friend, is still, you know, it, it's like she's got this good supportive friend who knows that ultimately Jenny's got to help herself. Yeah. It's it's a nice little, it's a nice way of sort of showing their friendship. Like, she's a really supportive, kind of, you know, friend, but at the same time, she's like, yeah, my friend's messed up. There ain't much I can do about that. I can just help her as she is. I just like that, you know, you don't get enough of, you know, female friendships in comics, which sounds weird, but of late, although we've had a lot of female characters in comics... The female friendship aspect kind of is a bit hit and miss, but here it was good. Let us hope that the ending doesn't mean that we're going to drop that. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, I mean, we've so- managed to get two female friendships in both of and Beck staff today. We're really... Yeah. <laughs> we're doing well. Mm. Yeah. All four books have female protagonists, but, you know, some clearly stronger than others. Yep. Yes. Yeah, but a pretty, pretty solid round, I think, this month. Hmm. Very. Are we into the position of uh, ordering our said books? I think this might be one of the few times that we're a bit divergent. As opposed to all the other times. Yeah, when me and Matt pick the same thing and then you guys... This is actually (laughs) the hardest it's been in a fair while for me, actually. Um to sort of pick my top three. Mm. Yeah, I think it might be fair to, to say... order the top three, sorry. Yeah, I think, I we, think it's I fair think to say... we're all going to agree on what's at number four. I think there's Marjorie no doubt. Marjorie Finnegan, I think, is our number four this week. And again, as Matt said, it's, it is worth pointing out that the art is really good it's in it like, in parts. It's, it's, it's charming in parts. Like, it's good for physical comedy. Yeah, and I don't want to completely demonise it. Um, but... It is. Our, I think it's our collective number four this this. Uh, yeah, just very disappointing. Indeed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I liked so, yeah. all of these in quite different ways. Um, I, 
I think really that with very, very little between any of it, I'm going to go at three, Jenny zero, at two, Beckstar. Oh, God damn it, Will. Got number one, Eve. We've <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. We've done it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm in complete agreement with Will and Matt for the first time. And, and I am also in complete in agreement, in complete Ooh, agreement sweep. with Will oh, and Matt. This While this may be boring for the listeners, it reassures me that my opinion has been affirmed three thrice. Yeah. I feel is, like the king of a, taste. This is a big I, I mean, moment. You don't know, people, how... how Big, the fact Rare. that four people have agreed on. <laughs> so yeah, let's, try, let's try and separate some of that then. So I would say there's very, very little between these three. I think yeah. I went Jenny Zero at three, just because there have been quite a lot of kaiju stories recently, and I kind oh, of needed it. a reason to put it third. Uh, <laughs> get your yeah. own thoughts, Will. Stop it, and, Will. Sort of and then, well, let's let's eating. let's see, because if this is the case, then um, if we all agree on this, then I think I might wake up and realise all of this has been a dream. Yeah. Uh, my life to this point but the reason eve went top is wexler yeah plain and simple like wexler's yeah. the best character in any of the books we've read this week uh this right. month I, and I don't, uh, think it's, I don't think just wexler for me so no. i think we've got some variety i like wexler a lot but he's not the only reason but even beckstar for me were very similar i really liked beckstar's art and although it's a bit more tropey in its kind of um story but it's not to say that eve is especially more original than beckstar but the actual story feels a little bit fresher i, I yes. just like beckstar's little tropey references to sci-fi and fantasy and yes. just like it makes me feel clever i understood that S- reference i just like with eve i like I like if you read the kind of the the kind of mission statement in the back yeah um of the book like I I kind of just I like that it's trying to be positive and it is very like it's it's having a but it having a younger protagonist is a very like deliberate choice yeah. and stuff it is like there's um a great line where it is like, and make no mistake, if the world is going to get saved, it's the kids who are going to do it. And that is, yeah, just the mission statement of this book um, is that, like, you know, believe in the future. A lot of um, sci-fi, particularly yeah. uh, ecological end-of-the-world sci-fi, doesn't have that kind of hopeful uplift, and it is nice to see it. Yeah. So... Has anyone got anything else they wanted to add about these four books or the order, the reason they've settled on the order they've settled on? Like I say, it's just like, I, again, kind of very similar. Like, I, like, I I liked them. Like, I like, I I really like them. And like we said, it was so close and took a lot of work to kind of figure out what felt like the right order. Um, and it could change issue by issue if we were to mm. do this exact same thing again next month it would be it could be different like just based on individual sort of little things and issues but like i i came so close to putting jenny zero higher because it has it you 
it uses words that I like in the and it puts those words together in ways that I always appreciate. Things like action science police and Mega Commander Zero. <laughs> those are like the sorts of things that I really, really love. Uh as like just the sorts of dumb shit that that are my are my bread and butter. Um the like Beckstar had I I just found quite charming, really. Yeah. yeah. Was it but like Yeah, like you say, it's Beckstar is comfortable to as a starting as a start like the kind of the use of like the tropes in it like makes it quite easy to settle into. Like mm. I said, like it eases you in so it can build its own universe. Yeah. Um, like, and that's great. I was really kind of, I had, I had a lot of fun reading Beckstar. Eve is the one though that, like I say, I'm, I just think has a lot of potential. I really feel like, I, I really like Eve. I genuinely really do. Like, um, I feel like the character's going to be a lot of fun to kind of, like, a lot of fun to do with, like, kid characters can so often just come, can be the absolute worst um, to read. Like, but I, I just, I like her. Like, she's, like, really sort of, like, she's determined and clever and brave whilst also being, you know, whilst not being afraid to express that she's afraid, mm. and to express that, like, you know, she, you know, she wants her her dad. She wants all of these things that, like, are kind of on the other side. And she recognizes that, well, like, I can want these things, but if I stay here waiting for them, I guess I'm going to die, <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, it's. Real, it's it's it had I really enjoyed it and I'm really looking forward to more. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. Why I ordered them that way. Um, I'm in quite yeah. noticeable agreement with all of you. Um, it's so weird. It is. I don't like. I it. don't. I don't like this. This is, <laughs> this is like we've slipped into the twilight zone. It feels like there's something terrible must have happened. I know. At I this can't point. just. Like, this is a. This yeah. is apocalyptic. Right? I this can't, is a just, sign. Look at, I can't just look at Angela. And just go best book. No, because um, we're I'm, in agreement about what I'm, best book yeah. is. <laughs> I'm I'm looking now for the four horsemen. Um, yeah. I've not, not arrived yet. Not but... arrived yet, but the sky gone... has gone black outside. Yeah, it has. So <laughs> the stars so... are falling. But yeah, <laughs> um, well, but that's no. unrelated. <laughs> yeah, unrelated. <laughs> uh, I, I am in agreement. I think to match Will's point earlier, I think Jenny Zero unfortunately comes at a time where we've got an awful lot of kaiju stuff. And if it wasn't for Ultra Mega and the fact that there is an ongoing Ultraman series right now, and, and a bunch of like um, Tokusatsu inspired uh, Kickstarters. Yeah, and stuff like uh, Kaiju Score and, uh, yeah. Kaiju you... Max from a few years ago. Oh, I love yeah. Max. Kaiju Max is really good. But I, I wonder if I, that, Kaiju Max would have been... going to get a new season, isn't it? 
I yes. believe so. Yes. I wonder if Kaiju Max would have been as successful if it had come along now when everyone's I, having well, a pop of the like Kaiju. Maybe have been mm. more successful. Maybe. And I think I think it's gonna be interesting. I I, I was um <laughs> trying to conceive earlier if it would be insane for us to do a kind of tokusatsu kaiju tournament when all these trades are out of like <laughs> jenny zero uh radiant black inferno red ultra mega and we'll have like a i don't know a best of the kaijus tournament i don't know i have to get some og power rangers in there as well Oh, of course. Yeah. Got to see oh, if no, it still holds up against the pretenders. Um, let's yeah. read, um, yeah, read uh, Battle for the Grid or something. Not Battle for the Grid. Um, Shattered Grid. Shattered Grid. Gold Hours Day uh, Out. Let's, let's, there you go. Oh. <laughs> um, let's, let's do this. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll, um, I'll draw up the brackets. Um, equally, I, I agree with, I think Wexler is awesome. I think Eve is good. And I think everything in between. Um, I feel like Eve is a story that's got a point behind it, which is something perhaps yeah. the others do not, which is an, a nice extra layer. But Beckstar is just pure fun. And I think it feels yeah. lighthearted and feels knowing in the sci-fi it's referencing. And yeah. there's a Qui-Gon Jinn reference in that. And Yeah. And there's just, also there's just a lot of variety in like character design in it as yeah. well which is always great yeah i mean that's that there's there's little i can add to the reasons already given because damn it everyone's already stolen all my reasons um but yeah jenny zero kaiju are all over the place right now aren't they that you know i'm expecting godzilla to rock off anytime soon um and incidentally yeah. there is a new godzilla book that started this month oh thanks for that <laughs> That can Inci- go in the pool. That can go Inci- in the pool now. Incidentally, yeah. uh, Half Century War is still a fucking great book. Godzilla Half Century War, still like one of the best comics. <laughs> that can also go in the death match. Right. So, yeah. So, Jenny Zero, it's a good book. It has good things. But I didn't quite enjoy it as much as Beckstar because Beckstar is just more fun and it plays about with its tropes. Um, at the end of the day, in 2021, which is, as I've already said, a terrible year, I like a bit of escapism, mm-hmm. and that was that for me. Um, and also, because 2021 is so far a terrible year, um, Eve was a breath of fresh air in that there is hope in the future, and, you know, maybe that will, you know, come to light, and it feels hopeful, and I need a bit of that as well. Um and yeah, good characters. I related to Eve, just you know, in the whole talking to yourself thing. Um Wexler's really nice, it's nice art. Um and yeah, I really want to see where Eve goes, I want to see where Beckstar goes, I want to see where Jenny Zero goes. Marjorie Finnegan, she can just get lost in space and time, and I probably won't care, but there you are. The there we have it, the consensus. So this month we have proven that say, we so are month, right. I think, I think this is the last ever episode because <laughs> we have to end on a, on this sort of note of conviviality and, yeah, we just like agreement. Out, 
we've achieved what we set out to all those many months ago was to finally agree on four things in a row and by god we've done it it will never well, happen it's, again it's been a blast so goodbye everyone let's <laughs> <laughs> go walk into the ocean now um so on this bombshell on this very special episode <laughs> yeah um, mark this on your calendars <laughs> we we have been angela matt will and zach bigger than capes collectively and um i think today we have proven that comics are bigger than, bigger than, than capes, capes.